These are the things I learned during the 41st week of 2010, October 10th through the 16th. Sunday, October 10th. Getting to know other student organizations and networking with people is a very good thing. I got to meet Lewis Black this way. I was part of a TV station for the university I went to, and we would network with other student organizations to try to get TV spots and make it seem like we were able to get the famous people to do bumpers for our little college TV station. The biggest one, or at least one of the biggest ones, that we were able to nab was Lewis Black, of all people because we basically talked with the right people and we told them, hey, we are a TV station of students and we would like to maximize interoperability with you folks. And it would just be kind of awesome if we could just get you to talk to him and get him to talk to us. And it all just kind of worked out and it was really, really awesome. Suddenly we're standing in front of Lewis Black. We're just kind of talking to him casually. We had a little Cisco flip cam with us. And we just recorded a little spot from him saying, Hey, this is Lewis Black. You're watching Scan TV. It doesn't mean you're in Scandinavia, you idiot. It was kind of funny because he was just able to sort of make a pun out of our TV station name, which was Scan TV, which stood for Student Cable Access Network. All in all, I really thought that was an amazing experience, and we would go on to get other folks such as Radon Chong and Anthony Rapp and so many others. It was a real good lesson to learn that networking is key to everything. October 11th. It is possible to give a lecture on your job and bust a meth lab at the exact same time. This one is really funny. I was just starting out at a new student organization called the High Technology Crime Investigation Association. This was about a decade ago and cybersecurity and information security, I would say it would probably be incorrect to say that it wasn't as big as it is today, but for your run-of-the-mill college students or general layman, there wasn't an easy way really to ease yourself into the field, I'd say. And this student organization was a real good way to kind of get your feet in the door, your toes in the water, and have an idea as to how cyber, cyber crime and law enforcement and all of that just interweaves with one another. The gentleman who was heading it up had a background in law enforcement and was still part-time doing it, to the point where he was giving us the spiel on the group and what we would be doing and the kind of goals we wanted to accomplish. He suddenly gets a call, stops everything he's doing, and kind of walks out into the hallway, and he comes back and he goes, Sorry about that, folks. I was told we had a meth lab about a quarter mile, half mile away from here, which was roughly, it was like frat row or something like that, and they had busted it, and he was basically kind of calling some shots and coordinating it. And it was just really funny. I was like, wow, man, this, this really moves fast, doesn't it? May not have had anything to do with information security, but just goes to show, sometimes crazy things happen. October 12th, I figured out spaces on the Mac. Around this time, I was getting more and more in tune with Mac OS X, having working at the TV station as a server administrator for about a year and some change at this point, I was trying to get more accustomed with how Mac OS X operates and some of the more power user features it contained. 
One of these features was spaces. Overall, I had some Mac experience. However, for personal use, I was still pretty much fully a Windows person and was still figuring out simple things like this. In the Mac world, spaces is it's effectively an equivalent to virtual desktops in Linux or task view in Windows 10 as we call it today. At the time, you could really only get it in certain distributions of Linux and, of course, Mac OS X. Back in the day, or at least at the time I learned this, Mac OS X was on version 10.6, aka Snow Leopard. In the natural discovery of just trying to figure out settings and apps and features, I came across Spaces, and I learned it. And that's about all there is to it. Spaces has really evolved over the years. It is now known as Mission Control in modern versions of macOS, and it has been lumped in with not only Spaces, but what used to be called Exposé, which was a dedicated view for all of your open windows in a easily digestible and simple method of navigation. There's a lot of, I would say maybe, old world Mac users like myself who may have preferred the original implementation of Exposé and Spaces as separate features rather than the somewhat clunky and haphazard way that it was originally introduced as Mission Control in Mac OS 10.7 Lion, and this is the implementation they have used ever since. But it is what it is. I personally prefer the Snow Leopard implementation. Maybe it was nostalgia because that was when I first learned it but I also think it just honestly kind of performed just a little bit faster and better back then when it was just expose and spaces on their own. October 13th. Learned how to chroma key the green screen at the TV station. Clarity ensued. So when I say learned how to chroma key the green screen at the TV station, I am, of course, talking about the student cable access network, Scan TV at the university I went to. Not only was I there as the server administrator, but I was also one of the executives. And as an executive, you also need to be able to support and put on live shows that we had every Wednesday night. We had an effects machine called the Globecaster, which was a really old, really clunky, mostly outdated, but still functional effects box, which cost a lot of money to not only support, but get cards for and use and it was really just overall gigantic pain. This was the pre-HD era, so it was only just BNC, RGB, that kind of world. But it had a feature, at least, where you could chroma key a green screen. So if you're doing a live show, and they were standing around or behind a green screen, it was well lit and white balanced and everything, you could then change that green hue to whatever it was you wanted. Most of the time it amounted to us just putting in static backgrounds. I couldn't quite remember if it could do video or not. It might have been just old enough where it could not do that. The technology was, you know, it's not quite exactly Zoom video backgrounds we have today or Teams backgrounds or any advanced mumbo jumbo that we've acquired or experienced through the years. But it was a humble beginning, and it was a great way to understand how chroma keying and green screening and all the terminology worked. October 14th. Ultramon doesn't save settings in terms of taskbar placement in scheme files. Sucks for my desktop with stacked dual monitors. Ultramon was an application that I used for primarily Windows XP for multiple monitor management. 
This was before multi-monitors were really common in the computing world for general consumers. So back in the day, you had Windows XP, which was the operating system I ran at the time. And while you could have multiple monitors, you didn't get a lot of options. You didn't get really good taskbar UI elements. You kind of were just given an extended desktop, and that was about it. Applications like Ultramon tried to fill the gap and give you additional options, like do you want to display a taskbar on every single screen? Would you like to unify what open windows are on each monitor so you're not lost and disoriented? All kinds of things like that. However, it doesn't appear to save settings in terms of taskbar placement in the scheme files. What that effectively means is the taskbar is the little bar at the bottom that holds all your apps and the system tray and the start menu button, all of that in Windows. But if you save a scheme file, it basically doesn't remember where the taskbar remains. In retrospect, I don't really know why I wrote this down as a notable thing I learned, but it was a thing I learned. It wasn't really a major problem looking back, but if I didn't know that it did this or had this limitation, then hey, it was something I technically learned. October 15th. Heaters can apparently be fixated on the ceilings and look like fluorescent lights, or at least that's what they do in the Owl's Nest Apartments at Keene State College. Around this time, I was visiting a friend at Keene State College, and their apartment apparently had this as a heater setup. I remember looking up and I was like, that's an interesting looking light setup, and said, oh, those are actually heaters. I tried to ask this person to see if they remembered any of this in present day 2020, and unfortunately, they didn't really have a recollection of this. So for this one, I'm just kind of going by what I remember visually and what they said at the time. It's interesting, you'd think that a heater on the ceiling wouldn't be incredibly efficient because hot air rises, and that wouldn't really do anyone a lick of good. It's also kind of weird that you would bake that into the lights. So either they were being redirected by an HVAC system of some kind, or they were just designed in a manner I just really don't understand. Owl's Nest Apartments in Keith State College? Interesting heater setup for 2010. And finally, October 16th. Jungle Juice is weird. Continuing on the path of visiting Keene State College, went to a party and they were making what I only heard of before, something called Jungle Juice. And in this particular iteration of it, it was a gigantic metal vat of soda, fruit juice, sugary drinks, and copious amounts of alcohol arranged basically as a punch where you grabbed a cup, you dipped it in, you drank whatever it was. Not only did it basically look like turpentine, it tasted about as random as you would expect. Probably a lot of grams of sugar and an unbelievable amount of alcohol, all kinds of poisons for the body that I can't even imagine the harm it would have done. But you know, for the college student who is strapped for cash and you just want to get a whole bunch of people loaded, there you go, jungle juice. I guess it's a thing. I wouldn't really recommend it for any health reasons whatsoever. But, you know, it is what it is. I hope you enjoyed this retrospective of the 41st week of 2010. If you enjoyed this kind of content, please feel free to leave a rating if it deserves it, and subscribe if you want more of it. Thank you very much. Talk to you next time.